Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. I'm Pat Nevin. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea FC. Dan, Mike, Nick, and myself cover all the match reviews from the latest Chelsea matches. We cover the team news and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you already for being an awesome listener. And you know what? Let's jump right in. Hey, Chelsea fans, we are back with the final podcast before the season kicks off, Thank we're going to be doing our season predictions. Huh. So, brought Dumb and Dumber back with me, Dan and Nick. Guys, what's up? <laughs> wow. Uh, which one are you, Dan? Are you, are you Jeff Daniels or are you Jim Carrey? I don't know, but I, all I'm understanding is that wonderful Brandon Busby turns in turns into a gremlin if you podcast with him too late. He just starts to get really vicious. <laughs> Not at all. It's just more about my self-asserting dominance in the prediction game uh, per oh, usual. So, wow. yeah, Nick, it's going to be long. It's one right and over-indexes on one's ability and confidence. But, hey, look, guys, don't worry about it. It's fine. Pretty sure I nailed it. So, anyways... Um, before we get into this special podcast, I uh, want to do the quick housekeeping items. Dan, with the iTunes reviews to start us off. Yeah, we got two more already in less than 24 hours, so we appreciate that. It's wonderful. Five-star iTunes reviews. You leave one, you get a shout-out at the beginning of the next episode. These were five-star reviews on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Got to throw it up for uh, KD Justin and Loco Coco Pops, which is a wonderful username. I like that. 
Yeah, both were uh, Loco Coco Pops was saying he's been listening from over across, over the seas in Great Britain. Really appreciates the wonderful uh, opinion of fans over in the States. He's listened to a few shows now. Thinks it's up there with the fan cast, which I'm only mentioning this one Uh-oh. because it also gives us a chance to plug our wonderful friend, the Podfather, Stanford Chidge, and wishing him a happy birthday. He'll be belated ah. when he listens to it here. But we dropped the social media love earlier. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Uncle Chidge, the yeah. Podfather. Honestly, that guy welcomes all fans with open arms. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, and again, we even have more Patreon names. Huge, huge shout out uh, to Philip and Jono, Jono for jumping on board. We really appreciate it. Philip is even an upgrade. So his $1 tier isn't cutting it. He wants more. So uh, more you will get. Sir. Well, and just a reminder that we are running some fantasy Premier League action as a part of our Patreon within our Discord. We have a classic league. We have a head-to-head league. We're going to give away some prizes this season. So, in addition to the benefit of getting to support the podcast and getting to join in the conversation on match days and throughout the rest of the week, there's some prizes up for grabs in our fantasy Premier Leagues. But we're only doing them as a part of our Discord slash Patreon this season. If you want an easy person to beat. I will be in there, and you can just leapfrog me on a week to week to week basis. I don't even care, but I'm I'm just not very good at it. And zero um, zero thirty eight, the Nicholas Verlaine way. Look, I got other things to focus on, guys, but uh, I'm going to be there in in spirit or whatever. Just on the on the table, you'll just be in the table, floating <laughs> at the bottom, lifeless. And be ashamed if I beat you at the end of the year. That's that's what you're really up against. If I beat you, we got serious. We got serious things going on. Uh, yeah, sure do. Nick, what about your housekeeping items? The the fun stuff. As you know, uh, World Soccer Shop back. Uh, we're going to be doing some some giveaways and such soon. But um, a, as you're getting kind of your preseason checklist done, a new kid is probably on the horizon. London Pod, ten percent off. Good for you know a little bit of free customization, maybe a little bit of free shipping, depending on how many things you order. So. Uh, go support us there and uh, and tweet at those fine folks when you receive your merch. Uh, secondly, Talisman Caps, you guys know what we've been doing with them. London Blue 10 uh, for 10% off uh, um, orders of $35 or more. So um, hats, stuff coming your way. We're going to have another contest with them coming soon. But just uh, just go take care of some housekeeping. Go get yourself looking right ahead of the season. All right. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and get down to business when it comes to predictions all right so we've already put our car cold hard earned cash with the bookies in vegas so you can tell we definitely believe everything we're about to say um okay maybe we didn't dan but you know what you didn't have to ruin that for everybody (laughs) so first one we want to do are very specific to chelsea predictions all about chelsea And the first one we want to start off with is probably one of the more exciting ones, which would be how many goals will Chelsea score this season as a team in the Premier League, to go ahead and caveat that. And then who do you think Chelsea's top three goal scorers will be? Uh, Dan, quick refresher of the top five goal scorers from last season, please. Yeah, so again, this is just within the 2018-2019 Premier League season. We're not counting Giroud's double digits contributions in Europe, sorry. 
En Hazard, though, 16 goals. Then Pedro with eight. Ruben Loftus-Cheek with six. Gonzalo Higuain with five. Alvaro Morata with five. Huh? Who? Yeah, Alvaro Morata. The, they also, yeah, also had five, so they tied for fourth place. Um, but, but right below him, uh, <laughs> my favorite um, not goal, goal scorer in yours. Goal scoring midfielder. <laughs> and Golo Conte with four goals. Um, love that man. I, I don't know if he'll... He'll replicate that form this year, as he'll likely be playing closer to David Luiz than up front. But I think, uh, yeah, I think the the goals were were not spread that evenly. Um, if we're completely honest, there were you know a lot of low numbers, but uh, there was only one real high number. So we got a lot of goals to replace in the sixteen. Uh, with Eden Hazard, there was definitely a lot of clustering of our goals last season. And then you look at the fact that of this list, so. Higuain is gone. Morata is gone. William comes back, but William had three goals last season. Barkley back. Barkley had three goals. Luis was up there with three goals. And then it goes down to the twos and the ones across Alonso, Jorginho, Giroud, Azpilicueta, and Rudiger round out the top 11 Tied for eleven goal scorers in the team last season. You can't you can't have Giroud Brandon with two goals in the league again. That can't happen. You know he he had some limited minutes as well. But look, the guy won a World Cup without scoring a goal. We know what he does. He's a setup man. He's an assist. He's a he's a wingman. You hit in the club. There's no better wingman than Ollie Giroud with that jawline, that hair. There's- there's, no way. There's no person in in this podcast ecosystem that has wanted Brandon to say Duck Club more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's done it, folks. We can quit now. That's all we've been trying to do this entire time is get him to say Duck Club and yeah. and have I want to see Brandon as Marcus Alonso and Ollie just roll into Duck Club. And, uh, and let's see what happens. All sorts of shenanigans. Someone can make that Photoshop happen. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, anyways, uh, Chelsea had a total of 63 goals last season. Dan, you just rattled off how many we've lost and transfers out. But, you know, there's an argument to be made about Ross Barkley probably getting more than three. There's a, an argument with William potentially playing on the left in his better position. Uh, Marcus Alonso hit the word work about 63 times last season. There's potential, but a very unknown quantity. So let us know. How many total goals do you think Chelsea will score in 38 Premier League matches this season? I'm going to go with a round number of 70 total goals this season, which would put us plus seven from last season. Yeah, la la land, Nick. What about you? <laughs> um, So we're, we're replacing Eden Hazard's goals. So, you know, you kind of take 16 off of 63 already, and then... You know, you bring in a informed Barkley. You know, you, you you bring in an informed Mount. You bring in maybe a Pedro with a with an uptick. I see us scoring exactly sixty three goals again this season. Let's go! Come on, <laughs> the push, the famous push. Let's see. So it's real strategic for me here. I can uh, <laughs> you know go go sixty two or maybe seventy one. Maybe prices right it on you guys a little bit. Why not? Um, but my heart honestly tells me that I, I'm concerned. I'm going to go with 60 uh, to keep a simple number. I don't think we're going to do what we did last season. Um, so, And that's kind of concerning because our defense is not doing great. 
Next one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Top three goal scores as well. Uh, Nick, give me one, two, three. Rattle them off. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let, let's just let's reverse order it because you made me go first. You got the opportunity to go last. You're going to go last again. Let's let's just reverse order. Yeah, Brandon stop, should go first. Stop waiting for everyone to give you the, the right answers, Brandon. Right. Anyway. <laughs> Dr. Evil. Right. Um, mm. I'm going to go Pedro this season. I'm going to go Barkley. And I'm gonna. I'm trying to figure out if I'm gonna take a striker or not, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. I know, I know. That's what I was struggling with. Um, and Kepa. No, you know what? Um, <laughs> I'll throw Giroud in there. I mean, if he gets ten goals this season, he's done it. He's in there, so it, that shouldn't be too hard for him, knowing that he's kind of gonna, I think, be the number one striker this season, unlike the last couple of years. So reverse order, Nick. Okay, so I'm, I'm taking a couple of risks here. Um, one one risk is that I think uh, Callum Hudson Adoy coming back from injury is going to make my list. Um, second one uh, is I think uh, Ross Barkley will likely be in the top three, and then my final one, which I've I've kind of waffled on a couple of options here, but I'm I'm kind of settling in. I think is Pedro. Um, now you'll notice that I don't have a striker in there, and um, and that's kind of based on Brandon's whole uh, parroting back to me what I've been saying about Olivier Giroud for the past let's just call it year and a half, and that is the fact that he's much more of an assist, hold up, let's make plays for the guys around me type of striker. Um, and if he does that, then we're going to be in pretty good shape, I think. And then you really just worry about the defense. So that's what I got. All right, Dan, you've, uh, you've seen all the cards on the table. Who are you going to copy? I'm actually not going to. Well, I think Barkley belongs in the grouping of three. I mean, especially if he's a penalty taker, right? Like, yeah, you know, I agree with that. It, It could be that William ends up becoming the person who takes penalties, which would then cause me to remove him out of that. So I would asterisk it as long as he is a penalty taker, especially with VAR in its first season, you know, we're going to get some penalties against us. You know, you're going to get a couple penalties for us. So maybe you count three to four extra goals this season for anyone who's going to take penalties, which if Barkley would take them, he would be the beneficiary would easily move him into double digits. No asterisk. Keep it moving. <laughs> All right. So the other two that I'm going to go with, because I think I'm going to uh, play the youth is that Tammy Abraham and Christian Pulisic are going to be other two top goal scorers Ooh. this season. Ooh. I think Tammy's going to be trusted with the number nine. He's going to get a lot of minutes, a lot of opportunity. He's going to get fed from some pretty, pretty great players. And then Christian Pulisic looks in form heading into the season, offers a little more than what a William can do or offer. And I I think you got to trust the potential. Do you know who I was tempted to put in there? Jorginho. Mishi? Kante. Mishi. Mishi, I and it's not because I think he's going to get a ton of minutes in the league. I think he'll he'll most likely be a cup player, but he's just in the right place at the right time. And yeah. if he if he if he knocks in seven, you know who knows where that puts him. Honestly, like it could be a weird, really super balanced year where you got a bunch of people on eight, seven, six, and you know it's very you know kind of spread across the the front four. Well, well here's the thing: if all three of those strikers end up getting ten to eleven goals in total. We, we already are in better shape than we were last season where our strikers combined ended up with five, five, and two. two. 
So 12 versus potentially 30, that would be an amazing uptick and basically replaces all of your Ed and Hazard output. Yeah, but to be fair, that's pretty uncommon to have three different strikers and double digits in the league because usually sure. you have your rotation in the cup and everything. But to your point, even if you had one and a half of that, you're already you know, pushing what three did last season. Um, all right, those votes are signed and sealed. Done. Moving on to the next envelope. Who will register the most assists this season? Nick, I will let you run us through uh, the assists from last season. Okay, so uh, as you'll know, Eden Hazard, 15 assists, uh, quality. Um, then there's a, a real steep drop-off. Um, it's like going from the high diving board to the low kiddie pool diving board with William on six. Uh, assist Piliqueta making it back into our loving arms at five. Um, also tied on five, Ross LaBoss Barkley. Then a couple on four with Alonzo Giroux and uh, everyone's favorite Frenchman in mine, N'Golo Conte. Then a series of twos with Kovacic, Loftus-Cheek, and David Luiz. And then rounding out, oh, and Pedro, sorry. And then rounding out with Callum at one assist. So, uh, again, when you only score 63 goals, there, there are only so many opportunities. Um, we're, we're replacing a lot of uh, production up front with Eden Hazard. Kind of. I mean, a little bit. Roughly 50% of our goals. But, you know, <laughs> that ship has sailed. Casual. Uh, it's a casual. If I tally up, it looks it looks like we had about 52 total assists last season. Um, Dan... I will skip you because I'd hate for you to have to be under the pressure to do it first twice in a row. Um, so, Nick, who do you think will be your number one assist maker in the upcoming season? It's Premier League only, correct? Correct. Yes. My number one assist maker will be Christian Pulisic. Ooh. Because because if you look at his record at Dortmund, he was not a always the most prolific goal scorer, but he was involved in a lot of goal movements and not only tracked a nice handful of assists in the past couple of seasons, but was also included a lot in that like pre-assist that we talked about a lot last year, where he makes the move that makes the move that gets the goal. So um, I, I look for him to be in and around the box a lot, uh, darting in and out, making plays for other guys. I think he's relatively unselfish, maybe a little bit more selfish than Eden Hazard was, but maybe not as, as good of a finisher yet. Yeah, it's about time we have a selfish attacker going for the jugular a little bit. Uh, Dan, I'm going for William, all right? So I'm just going to clear the path for you. Ooh. Six Ooh. assists last season. I think he's going to have more opportunity coming in off the left, cut back, to, you know, so he can cut back to his right do some different things. Uh, but yeah, I said it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with Mason Mount as the individual who registered the most assists in the Premier League for Chelsea yeah. this season. I will say that my second choice was going to be Reese James. Which don't count. Reese James would count. No, your second choice. We don't do that. Dan wanted asterisks. As a point of conversation, like... You know, obviously, we're looking to let uh, Davide Zappacosta go to Italy, which is incumbent upon the health of Reese James potentially getting into the first team. And his cross into the box is a thing of beauty. So, just if there's one person on this list that I would consider throwing in there as like a, another candidate for it, it would be Reese James. Uh, my second would be Olivier Giroud. I think he could potentially provide 
a nice handful of assists. And if he does that, I think people judge him a little bit differently than just pure goals scored. I think it's not enough for him to only just be kind of involved in the build-up play this year. If he doesn't score goals, he has to kind of make that final crucial pass. And he's certainly able to do that, and we've seen it. Well, then he becomes the person, let's say, we finish top four next season, we accomplish maybe winning a cup, and Olivier Giroud has assisted potentially close to a double-digit scenario. Then he becomes the hero who helped in a stopgap year where the question for who the best striker was or how we were going to make the goals happen, how we were going to place Eden Hazard, he becomes even more of a hero than he is when he walked under that bus with the Europa League trophy and shouted, thank you, Arsenal, and laughed his ass off. He's already a hero to me. He has nothing to prove. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm going to go ahead and just stick to the one vote that I was allocated originally, (laughs) and uh, we'll call it good. So moving on to a sad stat would be how many goals will Chelsea concede this season? And if we take a note from preseason and extrapolate that over 38 games, it's going to be about 120. So um, number of goals, Chelsea conceded 39 goals last season, so barely over one per match. You know, Kepa's in his second season in the Premier League, so I think he's probably learned a bunch. We're going to see a little bit of turnover in the back line, which obviously isn't great. We, you know, talked about, you know, kind of Newman's assessment of the the gaps between the midfield and the defensive line. Preseason hasn't gone well. Uh, I'm a little worried. I kind of expect this to tick up a little bit, especially, you know, Lampard his first season. Um, if I had to, I will say I'm going to go just a slight increase. I'm going to go with 45. Well, I agree with the points that you're making so understandable yeah because you're so damn smart and look so sharp in your wonderful tracksuit from last season hey champions league's back baby he is wearing the uh wonderful gray and uh, neon blue striped chelsea trap jacket which has now perfect. been audibly zipped for perfect effect. zipper sound god that was wonderful i am gonna go with a slight uptick as well not as drastic as you I think it's going to be 42 total goals that we concede this season, offset a little bit by the goals that we um, add to our tally this season. All right, Nick, 63. I, I legitimately believe that it could be 50. It could be 40. So I think Brandon's 45 is is right in the wheelhouse that I was going to go with. Um, and look, I, I just don't, I don't think, even with N'Golo playing deeper, that... I feel like this team will be more aggressive going forward, that we're going to do more in the final third, that we're probably going to be more exciting to watch than we were last year, um, especially the good energy around the club. But something just doesn't look right right now. And unless Rudiger is, you know, a magic pill, unless, you know, N'Golo Conte is a magic pill, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think the Arsenals of the world, you know, the cities of the world, the Liverpools of the world are going to have their way. And it's going to be tough. All right. Well, that was a, a very roundabout way just to say, Brandon, you're right. So uh, <laughs> we'll take it. Clean sheets this season. Chelsea last season had 14 1 4. Dan, uh, it is your turn to go first and give your pick. What do you think? So I think we'll give up the goals in large clumps. I think there'll be a couple of weird games where it's a. 3-2 victory or you know 2-1 some odd lines I, I generally think 
the analysis or the comparison potentially the Klopp's first season at Liverpool where there were some just crazy score lines, a lot of leakage, but also a lot of goal scoring opportunities as well converted. I think that we'll actually end up with more clean sheets, even though we're conceding a few more goals. I'm going to go with a total of 17 clean sheets this season. Oh, oh, wowza. Uh, I'm going to go 12 less. I mean, I, if, you, if your goals conceded go up, I mean, unless you're losing six nils, you know, a couple times, I think your, your overall clean sheets have to go down as well. And, um, you know, 12 is still, you know, not, not horrific. I mean, again, to only give up, I think most people are going to be surprised to hear that we only gave up 39 goals last year, considering the, the city Bournemouth, you know, kind of stretch that we had there giving up 10. Um, but you know, still, I don't anticipate, you know, the, the lack of fighting spirit, Dan, in some of those games, I think, I think they'll fight more. I will say I completely forgot about that element until now, and I would almost go in and reduce down the number of goals. (laughs) Because when you have 10 out of basically 40 goals, when you have 25% uh, from one for two terrible games, we probably actually want to move that down and actually say that we can see it probably closer to like the 36 range. Okay, well... Moving the field goal post a little bit on us. You're, so. you're, drop, you're dropping six goals? Ten came from two games. Ten of them came from two <sighs> awful, terrible games. And, were, and, you're, and you're inspired by what so far? I'm inspired by that. There's no, there's no way that we would lose 6-0 again to put, Man City. Put real money down or shut up. <laughs> I don't even want to hear it. There's no Anytime someone goes in and says, there's no way... My PayPal's open. David Louise is going to have that many brain farts again. Like, come on. Uh, on, the, on any potential U.S. preseason tour next season, uh, I will get the first round for you and Brandon. If Man City somehow... In a Premier League match next season, beat Chelsea 6 nothing. Happy Van Winkle, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Boom. All right. Hey, I'm going to hold on 14 uh, this season. I think, you know, that's uh, it's a safe bet. Just a little under uh, one out of every three. I think that that's, you know, I'm just going to push on that for, for this time. Um, all right. Well, another one we have before we kind of move on to, to bigger things. Uh, will be who will play the most minutes for Chelsea this season. So on three, let's all go. One, <laughs> two, Aspilicueta. Kappa. Kappa. Oh, come on. You think? Oh, no. Dan, Dan's already written off Aspi. He might play one or two games this year before Reese James makes his triumphant return into the squad. He didn't quite earn his place into yet. And well, we um, did Dick Verlaney join the fake news mafia. No, look. I, <laughs> I look, heard I it. Think, I think Aspie's going to play a shit ton of minutes. But, I think I Aspie mean, will go over to the left wing and play left back while Reese James plays right. Dude, we would ha- for him to do that, he would they would have to sell Alonzo. Like, imagine being Alonzo, not only getting leapfrogged by Emerson, and but then getting leapfrogged again by a right back, right center back. Okay, <laughs> even worse. I mean, former left back that did take <laughs> yeah. Ashley Cole out of the starting eleven. I mean. It, Look, it I, would be bad. Here, here's here's the problem. As as P to me is still going to play a ton of minutes, but if Kepa's healthy, like in the league, he shouldn't 
you know, there shouldn't be a Willie Caballero sighting. There shouldn't be another suspension. You know, if he's healthy, he's probably the number one name on the team sheet every game. And like, I don't see another way around that. Like, yeah, I mean, he he might. I don't know. He you know he might get rested on like a a Brighton every night, depending on you know how everything aligns with the league. Uh, I actually going to go David Luiz. In all seriousness, I think that he. I think you know Lampard played with him. I think. Lampard is going to heavily rely on David Luiz's leadership this season um, to kind of carry out his plan, his expectations. I fully expect David Luiz to play pretty much every single minute in the league. I am not here to start controversies. I don't know how serious Frank is going to take the Champions League in his first season. Just, just my I thought. Think, I think that's totally fair. Like. I- uh, you would typically say N'Golo, right? Like as the Iron Man, but a little bit of injuries, a little bit of you know, you know, less opportunities than a you know two man midfield than a three, and you know, first of all, I think my whole goal with N'Golo Conte is, you know, as he's twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, he's not going to be able to you know do the same physical things that he did at twenty two, twenty three. So. We got to make sure that we are on a regiment with him, that we keep him healthy. We can't afford in a big game against Man City or against Liverpool to not have him out there because he played four matches in a row against, you know, Sheffield and Brighton. It just, it doesn't make any sense. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think Kappa, but yeah, I see the other points. Dan, any changing or anything you want to do? Updating? No, I think Kappa will not get rested at any point. I think he is a bit of an Ironman. He's a young goalkeeper. Unless he gets injured or somehow accumulates yellow cards or gets suspended for a red card element, that he will play every single Premier League match this season. All right, cool. Well, uh, let's go ahead and say, who will Chelsea's player of the season be? Uh, this should be quite interesting. Uh, I'd like to lead off with Frank Lampard. Uh, he will end up being a player manager and quality save player. our season. All right, jokes aside, Nick, um, who are you leaning towards in this in this race? Uh, so I've done a little bit of thinking on this, and I think there are some like kind of obvious options, uh, especially coming off a of preseason. You could probably lean toward a Mason Mount or a you know Ross Barkley. I think our player of the season um, is a guy that I've been high on that I'm, I'm going to continue to be high on, and that's Pedro. I think Pedro has the ability to contribute some big time finishing. I think he's a leader. You know, he's won everything there is to win. Uh, Frank, I think, will rely on him. You know, if if not for every match, especially when Callum gets healthy, I think for a lot of matches. Um, you know, since this is player of the season, it also includes cup matches. So I think there will be a fair balance there. Um, so you got to be smart about that, boys, as you're thinking. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm excited for what Pedro can do. I think you've seen glimpses in the preseason. Dan, I will, I'll let you follow that one up. I think Pedro is a sneaky good decision from Nicholas. But I think, again, to the point that he made, this does include cup competitions. It's not just the Premier League. I think across all competitions, Mason Mount wound up being the, uh, the, the no player pressure. of the season. No fucking pressure from Dan over here. No, not, not, not at all. Uh, if he if he doesn't and comes close to it, if he's the second or third best player on the team, either A, we had a really, really awful season, 
Or B, we had a really, really great season, and he's shown everybody absolutely is capable of and saves us from spending 70 to 80 million pounds next season on a center mid. Like, that would be the dream scenario, right? Because then you can go into the Mbappe fund and blow it all next, you know, in the next summer. So to me, it's Mason Mount, goals plus assists, the pressing he offers. There's going to be a lot of off the ball action that he provides. It's him, Brandon, and you can't convince me of anybody else. I am not going to try to argue with a brick wall. There's no chance. Um, <laughs> you guys can watch me type this out. Ooh. All right. So I went with William, and it seems like every time we have a transition or a down season, he's the one who shines. I, I don't get it. He does well in cup competitions. Um, if he's on free kick duty, which we don't know, I know Barkley's taking most of them now, but William hasn't featured yet. I mean, he's known to put in some good free kicks and, and do some damage. Uh, I had him as our assist leader, so that's going to make him a valuable player in the in the rankings for this. Uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking, you know. And then if I want to hype this up just to get real controversial, he's wearing the number 10. And you put your best play in the number 10. So he's going to have to live up to that hype, Dan. None of this Mason Mount first season at Chelsea stuff. He, I mean, you know, William has to be one of the longest serving players on the team. He's won almost everything. He's been through ups and downs. But for some reason, like when Chelsea go through transition, maybe aren't at their best, that's when he sulks but plays better than normal. So... I don't know. I, I, I'm going to kind of kind of gamble on that one a little bit. Well, I hope the sulking is done because we saw a little bit at the end of last season and it would be really nice for us to get the William in Mourinho's final second season, final second spell last season with us where he did pick it up and offer some valuable contributions. But to me, you know, William would need to hit double digits goals and double digit assists. And I just statistically... It it doesn't happen for him. It doesn't, and I I just, I just can't see yeah. it happening for Blaine. I, I would love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong. I think he'll also because of your point, Brandon. I think playing on the left, I think he'll get more attention than he's used to as well, and that's why like I thought Pedro could be a sneaky player um, for for all those reasons, and I just think the way that I've seen the players run in behind it Williams never done that um what what Pulisic did the other day with those two runs in behind William loves taking people on he loves to dribble but he's not a runner you know and and I think that Pedro is going to benefit a lot more from the style than William but uh, I mean point being when we just go through the goals that we need to score we just go through the assists that we need to make he certainly needs to be a big part of that for us to be successful. I mean, because if he's not, you're you're over-relying on Pulisic, you're over-relying on a hurt Callum Hudson-Odoi, you're over-relying on a Mason Mount who's never played in the Premier League. I mean, it's it, I don't think that's a good scenario for anybody. All right, so when William won it uh, back in 2016, I believe he had 11 goals, Dan, six from free kicks. Was that all competitions, though? Uh, this campaign, probably. And that's what we're it talking sure about. sure was. You know? Sure was, yeah. Eleven goals. So I think his highest in the league is eight. eight. Yeah, eight. Yeah. So, anyways, just throwing that out there. Um, all right, let's. Uh, we're getting there. Uh, who will Chelsea's most improved player of the season be? 
Uh, I will go ahead and lead on this one. Uh, I'm actually between our two holding mids right now that are healthy, <laughs> which is kind of unfair because Jorginho, I think, has always been class. Ironically, he might have been misused by the manager who created a role for him at Chelsea. Um, Kovacic, on the other hand, I think we've already seen immense amount of uh, improvements from him as well. And I think he's going to benefit from the system. And I actually think he can play in, in the two or uh, across the front three a little bit. Um, so if I get pushed, I don't know, guys, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Kovacic. I'm really going to hope that he has uh, a standout season, uh, knowing that he he's probably going to be a sub most of the time. But again, a lot of matches, a lot of opportunities to come in and fill that void. So, uh, Dan, what do you think? I think it's going to be Callum Hudson Odoi. So you look at the fact that he had a bit of a blind, you know, blinding hot start to his campaign when he started to get some minutes, opportunity to sorry. Obviously, has a terrible injury that takes him out of contention. It really shuts down his season coming back looks to potentially be healthy as early as September, which would be amazing. I think with Frank, with this system, with a little bit of desire to go more direct in the attack, that he will be a beneficiary and he could play a really good part having a year-to-year growth just in his ability to take on, his ability to convert some of those chances that we saw him take last season, but maybe just didn't have that pedigree of someone who's just a little bit more experienced in the league, Nick. I'm I'm caught between two players here, and I'm I think I'm going against the obvious choice in Barkley um, to hedge my bets towards another player that I think is not getting any thought right now, and that's Emerson. Um, I think that Frank has such an, a good idea of you know, which of the two um, fullbacks are going to get forward. And I don't think it's going to be Dave. Um, I don't think it's going to be Reese in, in the minutes that he plays. Uh, I think he showed that the left side is is an area that could be an attacking option for him. He doesn't have a, a Bogle on the right side who, who doesn't have the defensive quality and spent a lot of time in the attacking third. So, my hope is that he really improves Emerson uh, going forward and he becomes a bigger part of the attack and the overlap and creates some mismatch uh, problems with William or Pulisic or Callum Hudson-Odoi on that side and that we, we get a, a few assists from him this year. So that would be my, my player to watch. You know, honestly, I would love to see Emerson train. I bet he's a freaking nature. Um, just his... I mean, he has to be so skillful, right? Like, he's, he's silky. Well, and his, his ability to, like, explode, right? And, like, his... his his quickness laterally yeah I, I would i would love to kind of see what what he can do and you put him through the paces because he, he's so so like explosive forward and laterally uh i bet he can do a lot of damage so it's crazy that barkley didn't make it <laughs> i was so close like i i think he has the potential to just go this year but pretty sure he's everybody's second choice would be my guess yeah yeah probably just picked kind of bigger underdogs maybe per se right so, all right. Um, what do what position do Chelsea finish in the league? So this is the the finale for Chelsea predictions, uh, and we end with a bang. Uh, Nick, we have been skipping over you for a while. Give it to us. I'm already writing tenth. <laughs> not not tenth. Not tenth. Uh, I think we. I, I think we finished sixth. 
I, I originally said seventh. I'm feeling slightly better, but I, you know, I think we flip flop with United. I think that that pretty much, you know, kind of seals our fate there. Um, but and I'm dead ass serious when I say this: Leicester's better, Wolves are better, uh, Everton are much better. That sixth could, at the end of the season, while while not acceptable to Chelsea fans, seem like a real accomplishment given where the league is going this year. And I think you're going to see a lot of strengthening around, and we're not going to be able to necessarily. And uh, yeah, six is is quite the uh, quite the accomplishment in that scenario. You're saying Wolves, Leicester, Everton are better than they were last season, not better than Chelsea, right? No, they they have improved. Got I don't it. know if they're better than us. Yet. I just want to clarify because I heard it first. Yeah. Is you were labeling rattling them off as better than Chelsea? No, no they are. They're just better in general. They have improved yep. their status, and they are going to be much tougher in seven, eight, nine spot than we we had to deal with previously. Think about Everton last year. They were like fifteenth in the league until February. They were terrible. And then they then they improved. They're not going to go through that again. Like they're going to be there and there and bouts. Leicester's going to be there and thereabouts. Wolves have improved. Like it's it's going to be a challenge, man. This could be like a top nine this year. All right, Dan. Um, what about you? I don't think we will get into the top two, but I also don't think we will drop out of the top four. And I based that on the fact that I don't think any of the teams around us really got better in the primary positions of need. Arsenal had no problem scoring goals last season. Their problem was letting them in. They didn't improve their defense. Tottenham added one really good midfielder, but they've also sold some players and are don't look to be any stronger than the team they have. So you worry about the rundown kind of mentality. And United, yes, they got Juan Bissaka. Yes, they got Harry Maguire. But they still have not. Slabhead. His name is Slabhead, actually. Still have not figured out what they're going to do with Lukaku. They haven't fixed their striker situation. And we saw Ole at the end of his tenure in last season really, really struggle to turn out results. He was, he was. Not not even in the car. He was he was he was ghost riding the whip with Manchester United, and it did not work very well. Ghost riding the whip, yes. Uh, so love it. So because of that, I actually think we will finish third again. Because oh. I I think the class the gulf between United and uh, sorry City and Liverpool and everybody else is so massive. Yeah. yeah. That there's and there's so much chaos that again where Chelsea thrive. Chelsea thrive in chaos, whether it's in the club or outside of it. We find a way forward, and I trust Frank. I trust Jody. I trust Petter. I trust Roman. I trust us to get it done. Third place finish. Uh, okay. I'm going to go fourth, and mainly because, Nick, I actually <laughs> I don't know if those guys will break top four, but I think it's more likely kind of to Dan's point that maybe – an Arsenal or potentially United or someone actually slip out of fifth or sixth this season with one of those teams pushing uh, against them. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I'm going to hold on to a sliver of hope. And I hope, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I know a lot of the season take older fans don't like this approach, but I almost say screw the cup competitions, focus on the league, build that base and then move on from next season. Um, but that's kind of where I would like to hold on to. That'd be my priority uh, if I were in Lampard's position. It, it depends, right? Like for me, 
I would, you know, it depends on our, our Champions League draw, which we haven't been through, right? So the yeah. fact that we're pot one in the group means that we're likely going to be paired with teams that we could and, and possibly should advance out of that group with. So then if you put yourself in that scenario, even after a grueling group stage in the Champions League, you're still in a in a knockout scenario where anything can happen in the Champions League. And and who knows, right? We've seen the craziest shit happen in that cup competition. You know, who knows? And then I look at the Carabao Cup, which I think is crucial for this team this year. And not because we have just a ton of depth lying around, but because Frank knows that competition after his year at Derby. And there are a bunch of young players who need some really good cup competition experience. If I'm the club, the FA Cup is the least of my concerns. And I know that sucks for people. But those two other cup competitions take precedent for me, and um, and I, you know, I'd I'd love to get some early run with the youth in the Carabao Cup. Hopefully, we get to see one of those matches while we're over there, and then I want to get a, a you know a decent run in the Champions League because why be in the Champions League? Why fight for all this thing, you know, for for this competition if we're not going to really have a go at it? Uh, I think that's a that's a really tough proposition. Well, we'll have to kind of see how it all pans out. Uh, but those are all of our predictions specific to Chelsea. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to round it out with top six, bottom three, golden boot, most assists, um, you know, golden glove. And we'll kind of go from there. So quick word from one of our sponsors. Really appreciate the support they give us uh, on our podcast. Be right back. All right, here we go. We're moving on to the Premier League season predictions. So right out the gate, guys, we're going top six. Uh, I know Nick would like it to be top nine, but that is just too easy. <laughs> so top six it is. Last season, in case you forgot, Manchester City won the league. Liverpool won second place. Chelsea got third. Spurs, for the first time in a long time, if not ever, above Arsenal in fourth Arsenal 5, United 6, Wolves 7, Everton 8, Leicester 9, West Ham 10. All right, Dan, I would like to hear your predictions for top six, starting with number six, working your way up to number one. So number six, a newcomer, new fighter enters the ring, and it's Wolves at number six. I think that they will... One team that will be absent at the end of this will get knocked out by Wolves, and they will join the top six after uh, just continuing to believe in Nuno and work towards a unified mission. Spurs in fifth place, first season outside of the top four in quite some time for them. We see United return to the top four magically with some uh, potentially, I think, due to maybe manager turnover that could happen because that's just the way it is there. And then Chelsea finished behind the two juggernauts of City and Liverpool, both who slag it out again, or slug it out again, and at the end, City get their third Premier League title in a row, which is still better than Spurs winning, than United winning, than Liverpool winning, than anybody else winning. That is that is way better. All right. Um, I'll go next. We'll give Nick some, some moments to think. Uh, I'm going to go with Leicester City in sixth. Uh, I actually have them over Everton and Wolves. I think they have better ability to score goals is, is the way I think. They have a, a rock-solid striker. Everton don't have a striker. 
by the way. They just bought Moise Keane. What are you talking about? He's a wide player. No, he's not. And he's not played in the Premier League. Oh, my God. Right what striker. A- uh, anyways, I that's why I say. They have no one proven in the league. They've got Vardy. Um, they have Richarlison. Again, he's a wide attacker. Anyways, my, my prediction, you shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> then I've got Arsenal in fifth, Chelsea in fourth, Tottenham in third, Liverpool second, Manchester City in first. I'm kind of t- throwing a paper airplane out there to see where it lands because I don't know if Manchester United, uh, you'd assume they're going to make top six, but I just want to shuffle it up a little bit. Part of this is hopeful and hoping that they don't make it and it just continues to crumble. So we'll see. Nick, let's hear your disastrous top six. Uh, well, I've already spoiled the Chelsea spot, and that is sixth. Um, so, so that's where I have them. Uh, I think, you know, like my, my temptation was not with United because I think they're going to finish top four pretty comfortably. Um, my temptation was with Spurs actually, um, even though they've signed their first player in 18 months. I think that the magic there starts to run out this year. I, I don't think Potch is long for that world and that Harry Kane's going to start looking around and, that Erickson's already started to look around and I, you know, I just, I see that team as probably the most fragile. If something disastrous happened that they would really struggle. So my, my temptation was to throw Everton in the fifth spot and throw Spurs out of the top six altogether. I'm not going to do it. Um, I think Spurs will finish fifth. I think Arsenal will finish fourth somehow just due to goal scoring ability. Um, I think United will finish third. I feel that Liverpool will be second and City, in my estimation, run away with the league. I think they're probably a good 9 to 12 points better than Liverpool this year, which would make their three-peat um, super fucking impressive, if I'm honest. Well, we kind of talked about this. You know, we talked about Dark Horse Candidate who will be pushing the way into the top six. You know, I'm getting edgy, putting Lester in, Dan put Wolves. I think Nick kind of stuck to your your classic top six. But I think we can all agree that it's, you know, you're really looking at Everton, Lester, and Wolves as being those that group. I know West Ham signed a bunch of people. They also lost Marco Arnautovic. I mean, you're not going to get out of Burnley, obviously. Um you know, Villa coming up, probably aren't going to pull a Wolves, anything like that. But if there's someone you guys think that we missed as a Dark Horse candidate, let us know. We would love to potentially discuss it uh, and see where we go. So um, on the flip side, we need to do the bottom three, who we think are going to get relegated, which I think is always a fun game, uh, especially when it comes to people's actual lives and salaries. So wow, way to make it terrible. All right. I mean, don't shy away from the real world, Dan. This is this is real. So in case you forgot, Aston Villa, Sheffield United, and Norwich City were all promoted last season. So it'd be easy, Nick, for you just to say up, down, done. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Last season, the bottom three, Huddersfield went down, Fulham went down, Cardiff City went down. And somehow avoiding the drop were Brighton, Southampton, and Burnley. So 
there is me setting you up for success. What are you going to do for your bottom three? Uh, I think Sheffield go down very easily. Do you know that they play with overlapping center backs? I don't. And that sounds like a nice opportunity for a counterattack. I think Brighton, this is their year to go down. I don't, you know, I don't see them really competing. I think they gave it everything they had last year. And then this final spot. What do I want to do with this final spot? Re-relegate Fulham. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Final spot that I'm going to say goes down this year is Norwich. North City go down uh, fairly well, which which would mean that Aston Villa stay up, which is a pretty damn good return for them. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Sheffield United as well. I am also going to go with Brighton, but you guys, it's Newcastle. Ooh. Newcastle are going down. Come on. <laughs> wow. Ooh. Ooh, that's, re- that's a good one. I lo- and like, that's a I, really good one. I enjoy Newcastle's history, right? And I love what they've done over the time. But Mike Ashley... Like Rafa out, this thing is just a—it's a train on fire crashing the side of the mountain. Imagine a fan base that wanted Rafa in, you know. Imagine that. <laughs> you know, wow. and 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 that is one of the most loyal fan bases in the Premier League. I mean, they've been down and out for a while, came up, and they have to deal with one of the worst owners in the Premier League, and they continue to show up. I don't know how they do it, um, but it's going to happen. I just don't see a way out for them. So again. Uh, safety for Norwich. Love the Canaries green and yellow kits. That was the same color as my high school, so it's uh, a little nostalgic for me. And Villa, under JT's assistantship, got to go ahead and give him the up and hope for the best. He's assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, assistant too, which is important. <laughs> no, I'm assistant regional manager. No, no, no. You're assistant to the regional manager. All right. Let's wrap it up with the uh, the awards at the end of the season. So we have gold. Uh, okay. I, w- I won't throw in a top- bottom three. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you, Dan. <laughs> I've been reading it for the last four minutes, so I just assumed it, it had already been spoken. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Sheffield United, I agree. Norwich in, in second last place. And then Southampton is my surprise. Finally Ooh. drops out of the league after continuing to sell, sell, sell. And never replenish appropriately. I think they will uh, finally meet their maker. Uh, I think I think their their manager is pretty solid. I'm I'm not sure about that one. You don't have to be sure about it. It's my prediction. They signed yeah, four but... and let one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine go. I mean that's not bad. <laughs> They're just down five. All A right. A lot of driftwood there, huh? Yeah. Cool. Dan got it in there. Uh, got his, his his bottom three. So let's go ahead and wrap. Like I said, with the the uh, awards from the Premier League over the season. And the first one is Golden Boot. Last year, it was a three-way tie with Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah. 22 goals, which is chump change in La Liga. But hey, we don't play in La Liga. Uh, You had Aguero in fourth on 21, Jamie Vardy fifth on 18, uh, and it goes down from there. So... Who do you think, Dan, I'd hate to forget you, will be the Golden Boot winner this season? Well, if I'm projecting that Man City win the league, I'm going to project that one Sergio Aguero ends up being the number one in the Golden Boot race this season. Uh, you know, I think Obama Yang is probably going to be Nick's choice, um, but I just don't see him replicating if I'm also projecting Arsenal falls out. All right, Nick. Shaking your head in disagreement, who... I'm assuming that's because you aren't going to go with um, 
Aubameyang. I mean, who are you thinking? Callum Wilson. I'm kidding. Um, uh, I think I actually I, I believe more so now than ever that Raheem Sterling is a serious player of the year candidate. Um, and I think whereas in previous years I would have bet a lot of money on Sergio Aguero just because of his incredible consistency in the league, I think this is, you know the beginning of a, a changeover for City. Uh, Sterling was outstanding last year. I think he's going to be outstanding this year, and I think he increases his goal tally slightly, although I still think you're going to see a crowded top of the league um, I think he's probably going to end up with somewhere around 24 goals and uh, a lot on counters, a lot on breakaways. He's going to be a better finisher, and he's going to win the golden boot. All right. Well, we'll have to kind of see how that goes. Uh, Aguero's 31, by the way, for the record, just in case anyone's keeping track at home. And I will be 32 in September, so uh, killing it. Age is temporary. Class is permanent. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of... Would like to see Mohamed Salah not be up there, personally. Um, you know, with the thing with City, though, Dan, is they just spread their goals out so well. Uh, you know, same thing with Nick. You guys, it, it, it could go either way. Um, penalties, you know, get shared around a little bit. It's definitely not going to be Harry Kane. I love the fact that Jimmy Vardy was up there being obnoxious uh, as well. <laughs> I think... Just because of the way Arsenal are so, so top-loaded and and only have attacking players. Um, you know, Nicolas Pepe coming in to create some havoc for them as well. I think that I am going to lean towards uh, Aubameyang this season. Um, okay. And kind of go from there. But like I said, it's not going to mean shit because they're going to just leak goals. So... Um, anyways, good for him. All right, uh, moving on. Premier League assist leader. Last season, it was the one and only, ladies and gentlemen, Eden Azard on 15 assists. Ryan Fraser, of all people. Ryan Fraser, 14. Whoa. All right, don't FPL sleep on him Wizard. in fantasy, right? Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, all right, an outside back at 12. Christian Eriksen, 12. Andy Robertson, another outside back, 11. Then you get to Sané, Sterling, Pogba, Wilson, Aguero, yada, yada. So, uh, Nick, your assist leader this season will be? Um, I am unsure because I, I think if my Spurs prediction is true and that that team starts to fall apart, that Erickson, who was probably my number one choice, doesn't have as big of a role to play. So then I start looking around at like your cities and you know what? David, David Silva's old now. He said it's his last season. I know. And like, he'll probably go out with a bang, huh? Like, ah, and then you start looking at like, who's going to provide for Arsenal. It's not going to be Ozil. Us, we got Mount. I don't know. Um, give me, give me Erickson, and I don't feel good about it. <laughs> um, okay, interesting, Dan. Well, we gotta wash the taste out of people's mouth after that slimy pick that you just made, Nick. And I'm gonna go with a healthy Kevin De Bruyne ends up being the Ooh, assist leader in the league. Good pick. If he stays healthy, that is. Uh, I'm Correct. actually going to go ahead and take Nick's 
own advice. And I have David Silva, who is my captain day one FPL. Actually, it's Aubameyang. Um, but he's in my lineup. So uh, free free advice there for you people. Really, really stuck to your guns on that one. I mean, look at the matchups. It's a no-brainer. Anyways, last one that we have here, guys, uh, is Premier League clean sheets. Last year, uh, super boring. Allison with 21, Ederson with 20, and then Keppa was tied for third with Jordan Pickford with 14. Uh, Jordan. And it was pretty boring from there. So... Anyways, thoughts on clean sheets. All right, I will give you my thought. It's going to be super boring. I think it's going to be Ederson, though, this season. Um, that I think that just that's something that City's going to try to lock up, and he's going to be annoyed if he can't get that title off of Allison. So that's where I'm at. Nick, your your pick, please. Yeah, I, I, think, it, I think it has to be Ederson. Um, the, so him and Allison are both, morons playing the ball out of the back sometimes and they're they're going to give up some weird goals but i mean i think city's defense is pretty solid liverpool's defense is obviously really solid uh yeah i'll take edison let's sweep it then because i think you're both making the right decision i mean the only downside is that city did lose company i think they still have enough uh solidity back there if they get Xiao Cancelo. That is just that would be ridiculous and unnecessary on all levels, uh, and just make them even better. But as it stands, I still think I'm going Leno from Arsenal. <laughs> Let's go. Double down now before the odds come out. Um, but anyways, I mean that's it. We we did it. We did the Premier League. We did all the Chelsea predictions. Uh, it's it's been in depth. So let us know what you guys think out there. We've got a lot of. A lot of things for you to tell us what you agree with, what you don't agree with. Obviously, we didn't feel 100% on a lot of these things. And that's just it's the nature of the game, more or less. So uh, usual channels, right? Social media, uh, email, or Discord has really been popping off as the season's getting started. I can tell that everyone's really excited, and I'm sure you all are as well out there. So again, just a quick shout out. If you'd like to take in the pod in a little different way, we are putting the entire episode on YouTube as well as clips from each individual discussion here. So we will have that for you. Um, but you know what? Season's here. Manchester United on Sunday. It's uh, it's game time, Dan. And you've got to have some wise words of wisdom for our fellow listeners. Just enjoy the start of Frank Lampard at Chelsea. Uh, I think what better game could you ask for than a clash of two of the best clubs in all of Europe and all of England and all of the world getting to go head to head to go into unfriendly enemy territory to take and steal away three points while playing the youth potentially while Christian Pulisic scores the winner in stoppage time. Get out. Get the fuck out of here. It's going to be amazing. Okay. Bye. <laughs> um, it, look, the, the potential is there. It's huge, huge opportunity, which is so exciting, Nick. I'm assuming your advice is going to be simple. Get to the pub. Well, I mean, there's obviously that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this season provides our fan base with a chance to reset, maybe forget some grievances, um, maybe develop new ones. Um, you know, there's always something to talk about with Chelsea, but... Uh, we we will we will continue our pledge that we have since day one, and that is to be reasonable. That is to provide facts. That is to um, try and come at this from a 
long-term perspective and not a, you know, emotional, hot take, reactionary bullshit perspective. Uh, we're going to support our players and we, we hope that you do the same. You know, I think it's, it's imperative that, you know, Frank and, you know, a lot of these young guys get a, you know, even if you're feeling down on them, you just give them your support. You give them the positivity, you give them the confidence to go out and do it and, uh, and, you know, see what happens. You know, it could be, you know, we could look back on this in five years and think that this is the start of something really, really great. Even if this season's results don't go, you know, perfectly. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's it. So, well, good stuff, gentlemen. Appreciate you hanging out. Uh, listeners, we actually appreciate you even more. You are the best part about this. Uh, the community we're out here to build is nothing more than a bunch of Chelsea fans. So that'll wrap it up. As always, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>